You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, happy Wednesday. Uh, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock. Uh, thank you for joining me. All right, gonna be a little bit of a different version of Fearless with Jason Whitlock on a Wednesday. You guys know on Wednesdays we normally do uh, Tennessee Harmony. We, we have a conversation with Pastor Anthony and Pastor Bobby at the tail end of the show. Uh, after we delved into some sports topic or some political topic. Uh, today, because of the massive Brian Flores NFL discrimination lawsuit, because of that, I'm going to delay Tennessee Harmony. I don't want to tack it on at the end of a very explosive conversation that uh, I'm about to have and drive today. Uh, it's just going to be me. I'm going to leave. Uh, our contributors uh, out of this for now uh, because of one I think I got enough to say for for everybody uh, Uncle Jimmy will come on at the end of the show and we'll have an approval rating on Brian Flores but uh, remain patient Pastor Walker Pastor uh, Harrington Tennessee Harmony will return probably later this week if if not It'll definitely be back next Wednesday. But today, I just want to address uh, this Brian Flores situation. I think there's a lot to unpack here. And hopefully, I'll do a great job. I think I'll do a great job unpacking it. But uh, I, I think what you're about to witness uh, is why this show is called Fearless. Because we're, I'm going to address this topic, Brian Flores and this lawsuit, in ways that the rest of corporate media, mainstream media, just will not address. All the topics will not be covered. I've sat around uh, yesterday and part of today. I've said nothing. I didn't go to Twitter. I didn't go to Instagram. I just sat back and watched everyone else talk and run their mouth and just to see if they would cover all the different issues at play here, and they have not. And that's why this show is so necessary and why you should be telling all your friends about it, and this should be your destination every night at, is it 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern Time? Uh, we come out on Apple Podcasts a little bit before that, uh, but today is why we deserve those five-star reviews on Apple. It's why we deserve those subscriptions and likes and, and notifications on YouTube. You should go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock and join this fearless army. Because I'm about to lay it all out here as it relates to Brian Flores. And so I'm going to quit beating around the bush and get right to it. <clears throat> First of all, I need you guys to, I asked for this picture. I need a picture of Brian Flores and his wife. And many of you are going to get upset with me for being this transparent and this honest, but it's just a fact. I keep talking about, there's a profile of the black guys who love to go full-blown Malcolm X. None of the guys that love to go full-blown Malcolm X they never love to go full-blown Betty Shabazz. They love to go Becky Shabazz. And Brian Flores fits the profile. That sounds like a vicious personal shot. It's not. It's just a fact 
that needs to be addressed and covered and for people to understand. I don't have a problem with Brian Flores and his wife and his white wife. I got zero problem with it. Anybody that knows me knows I have zero problems with it. I'm not some sort of a hypocrite. But what I'm, I'm also not is ashamed of any damn thing, any decision I've made. I have not, I have dated white women. I've spent no time trying to prove to everybody else how black I am despite dating a white woman. These guys spend every moment of their life after marrying a white woman trying to prove how black they are. And so these are just facts. Brian Flores went out and recruited and hired and married a head coach for his family. And he made the same damn decision that he says these NFL owners keep making. When it came time for his head coach, he didn't choose a black head coach. He chose a white one. And that's part of the reason why he's now suing the NFL and now portraying himself as Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King, Frederick Douglass, all this other crap. These guys need to sit on a therapist's couch, talk to their mama, talk to their daddy, talk to their wives about whatever hangups they have about the decisions they've made in their personal life and quit trying to work them out on NFL football fields. This is Colin Kaepernick 2.0 2AT. Cause Colin Kaepernick, he ain't got Betty Shabazz either. Ness Nitty, that's not a black woman. And Colin Kaepernick, raised by them white folks, has spent his adult life trying to prove he's Malcolm X. And that's why he started taking a knee when he lost his job in San Francisco. But there is a profile of all these guys. Brian Flores fits the profile. Sounds like I'm taking a massive dump on Brian Flores. I'm not. I'm just putting all the facts out on the table. When I saw this man on CBS uh, this morning, the, the Today Show, or what, I, what is it called, CBS? Good morning. good morning, yeah, good morning. Flanked by his two white lawyers. Again, I just kept going, Malcolm X, where's Elijah Muhammad? Where's Louis Farrakhan? Now, it's two white lawyers sitting next to him, got him gassed up. Oh, the NFL is so racist. And oh my God, they made me go through a sham interview. And oh, this is just like a plantation, the NFL. Why is this man not sitting next to Elijah Muhammad when he's saying this? Why doesn't he have Betty Shabazz at home? There's a profile that these guys fit. Everything about them is smothered in whiteness, but oh my God, it's just so racist out here. And I can't get an opportunity. And Stephen Ross offered me $100,000 to lose games because he's so racist. That's why I married Becky Shabazz and hired her daddy and brother to represent me from their law firm to sue these racist white people that I s surround myself with every chance I get. I'm so sick and tired of the love the fruit, hate the tree opportunist. That's what's going on 
with Brian Flores. And I'm just scratching the surface there. I'll circle back on that. But I, I want to get to my biggest issue with all of this that's not being discussed. No one cares about Brian Flores. No one believes Brian Flores has faced any sort of real discrimination. He's, he's just the latest useful idiot that the left has got their hooks in and got him out here as Colin Kaepernick 2.0 because he fits the profile and they knew he would be silly enough to go for this BS. But the real agenda here is nothing to do with Brian Flores or coaching opportunities for black coaches. This is about ownership. This is about trying to unseat Stephen Ross, trying to make the Boland family in Denver sell the team to black ownership. That's what this is all about. Let's start <clears throat> with ESPN's Lewis Riddick, some of his comments from yesterday or today. Let's start there. How do we get owners to arrive at the conclusion that Someone like myself, someone like Brian Flores, someone like Todd Bowles, someone like Leslie Frazier, someone like Eric Bieniemy, aren't just box checkers. Right. That they are judged on a fair and equal and level playing field, and ultimately they secure these jobs. That that's what, you know, that's what I'm, I'm sure Brian Flores is ultimately extremely, extremely frustrated about. Just as many of the black uh, head coach candidates are right now, many of the black general manager candidates are. And I myself have been, you know, throughout my career. How do we really, how do we get it to the point where we aren't just getting FaceTime with owners and chief decision makers, but we're securing the jobs because we were the best qualified candidate, not because someone felt sorry for us, not because someone felt as though, well, we need to step up to the plate now and do something because we know that the representation is not where it needs to be, but because we were the ones who were most qualified and capable of leading your franchise. And right now, as the league is presently compromised, I don't know if it's set up to where we can get to where we want to get to unless some things change at the ownership level in a meaningful and significant way. There you go. All of this stuff we got going on with Brian Flores is so that Lewis Riddick and others can argue, well, you got to have a black owner to fix this. That's what this is, entire thing is about. Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith chimed in and starts, he's going after Stephen Ross's job. That's what this is about. Play the Stephen A. clip. The most damning thing that was said that I peeled from this lawsuit is Stephen Ross, the owner for the Miami Dolphins, the guy that has this organization. I want to make sure I look it up. Just remember, the Ross Initiative in Sports for Equality. Okay, this is what Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, has created. He's contributed millions upon millions of dollars to the cause on behalf of African-Americans and behind. And you hired Brian Flores. You have a black GM in Chris Greer. And that is the guy that is being accused in a lawsuit of going up to Brian Flores and encouraging him to throw Games to lose games on purpose and even offering him a hundred thousand dollars for every game that he lost. If that is found to be true, Stephen Ross can no longer be an owner for an NFL franchise. He's got to go. If that is true, and only if that is true, he's got to go. You talking about compromising the integrity of competition? He would be in flagrant violation of that. There would be no excuse to keep him on as an owner. And oh, by the way, it would open up an avenue that Brian Flores clearly is interested in broaching. And that's in getting minority ownership, meaning black ownership in the NFL. There's plenty of owners that don't own the team by themselves. They got a group. They're all putting their money. And there's enough black folks around that want to have an ownership stake in an NFL franchise. And one of the ways to make that happen is Stephen Ross being gone. I'm not encouraging him to be gone, Keyshawn, if this isn't true. But if this is true, Stephen Ross has got to go. He cannot stay on as owner of a National Football League team. 
This is all orchestrated. Everybody's moving in concert. This is all a scam. And so I, Stephen A. Smith, the senator, <laughs> oh my God, did they potentially tank games in the, with the Miami Dolphins? The Stephen A.'s job and claim to fame is covering the NBA. They had a thing in Philadelphia called the process. They've been tanking games in the NBA for decades, for years. Has Stephen A. called for any NBA owner to be run out of the league for tanking games? Has this not been commonplace in the NBA for years? But Stephen A. doesn't pipe up until it's the NFL. And now a group of black people must be allowed to pool their resources and buy an NFL team. That's what this whole thing is about. They don't care about Brian Flores. They don't care about Eric Bieniemy. They don't care about any of these. This is just an excuse to get on TV and beat your chest and pretend like you're some social justice champion out fighting for the liberty and freedom of black people. It's a joke. This is a group of elites trying to run out another group of elites so that their group of elites can own an NFL franchise. So that the NFL can start to operate more politically in line like the NBA. And the NFL's already halfway down or they're down the woke path, they're down the left path. They, they rebranded uh, Black Lives Matter into Inspire Change. But they're not done and they're never going to be done. And this is why the weak leadership of the NFL, you want to talk about Stephen Ross needs to be fired. The people that need to be fired are Roger Goodell and Troy Vincent. The commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, is weak, a poor leader. Troy Vincent, the top black executive at the NFL that has quarterbacked most of this BS, the, the enhanced Rooney rules and all the other stuff that now is being thrown up as an example of, well, this is racist. These sham interviews that Troy Vincent and the NFL have insisted upon for years. Stephen Ross didn't come up with these rules. He didn't, this, the, the whole little sham interview thing, we're acting like there have been no white coaches that have ever been on a sham interview where somebody else was getting the job, but they still interviewed. That's, this only happens to uh, Brian Flores and black coaches. And if it is the case, blame the people who set up the rules. Troy Vincent. This meant, what, what, what rule did they come up with a year ago where you got little extra draft picks if you hired a, a black head coach or a black GM? And Lewis Riddick is talking about, we don't want jobs out of pity and out of sympathy. We want it because we earned them. But the rules that Troy Vincent and the NFL keep setting up keep making it a pity party for black coaches. Pity seems to be your only currency. Any outcome that doesn't meet our little whatever alleged racial narrative is all oh my, it, it, it can only be explained by racism. 
If Eric B. Enemy doesn't have a job, it can only be explained by racism. There's no way possible he could just be a horrendous interview. Couldn't be that. Couldn't be that he's basically uh, a puppet for Andy Reid. Nah, couldn't be that. Eric Bieniemy's a former running back. He's drawn up some of the greatest plays in the history of the NFL. There's no profile for that. Anybody that knows football knows running backs don't make great head coaches. There's been one, Dan Reeves, who most people blame for ruining the first 10 years of John Elway's career. We are having the most unsophisticated, stupid conversation about black NFL head coaches. It's been going on for 20 years now. The reason why things aren't getting any better is because at no point have we ever addressed the real truth. That you're only, the people that come through the entry door, which generally speaking for football coaches, it's a GA job at a college, graduate assistant job that pays virtually no money. And so if that, at that entry point of a graduate assistant at the college level, if let's say a thousand people line up to get the graduate assistant job, and of that thousand that lined up to get that GA job, if 950 of them are white guys, let's don't act shocked that 10 years later, 95% of the guys getting head coaching jobs in college or the NFL level, uh, if 95% of them are white guys. That's who started the race. And I've been talking about this for years as it relates, a general, a, a graduate assistant job is for no money. And so, and I'm talking about my friends, what I experienced amongst my, a lot of black dudes that I went to college with couldn't take certain entry level jobs because they had baby mamas. I was able to take a job out of college for $5 an hour because I had no responsibilities. I could live in a one room efficiency and make virtually no money because I didn't have responsibilities. I didn't have a baby. Too many former players go check. It's statistically proven. Too many of these former college athletes, particularly black ones, Illegitimate kids started at 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. That's just a fact. Having helped some young people early in their post-college life, I'm talking about black kids, having provided them the help to try to start out as college coaches, offering them financial support, I've been through this process of trying to help people enter the coaching ranks and trying to overcome the mistakes they make early in their life that limits their ability to rise and make all the same sacrifices that coaches make early in their career. But we're not having an honest conversation about any of this. Eric Bieniemy problems at the University of Colorado with women dating back to the 90s. If, if a white coach had his rap sheet, nobody would be talking about him as a potential head coach anywhere. They'd be talking about, hey, how come we haven't me too this guy? This whole thing is dishonest. And it's all a scam to try to install 
some black person as an owner of an NFL franchise. I don't feel sorry for the NFL. They have kept Roger Goodell in place. They have allowed Troy Vincent to be their race leader and they have created a mess. And this whole lawsuit that Brian Flores has put together, it reads like someone's Twitter feed, but it, it, it's not a legitimate lawsuit. It's only there to try to embarrass the NFL and try to embarrass them into, oh God, uh, the Denver Broncos are for sale. Let's sell them to a black owner. That'll fix our PR, our PR nightmare. Oh, let's remove Stephen Ross as the owner and, and let's let a group of, because they already got a bunch of black celebrities a part of Stephen Ross's group. Let's just throw a few more in and Jay-Z will own uh, the Miami Dolphins and man, won't things be so much better? Oh, it's just gonna trickle down. Once Jay-Z's an owner, Oh, the NFL's really gonna take off. I mean, this year, look, we've already got Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, and Kendrick Lamar. I mean, with Jay-Z as an owner, who's next? Maybe Tupac will come out of his grave. And we could get Biggie out of his grave. Be unbelievable. Biggie and Tupac performing at next year's Super Bowl. Black people will finally be free. Once Biggie and Pac are performing at the Super Bowl and people are just saying all over national TV. Oh, God, free at last. This is what Dr. King was dreaming about. Rappers rapping at halftime of the Super Bowl. And then every team during practice can play rap music with everybody screaming. Free at last, free at last. Brian Flores is taking us to the promised land. I'm just getting warmed up. <clears throat> Gonna take a little break here, but I wanna tell you about my good friends at Good Ranchers. It's hard to find companies who you can trust and that share your values these days, but Good Ranchers makes it easy to get great products and support a great cause. Good Ranchers is American meat delivered. They source steakhouse quality cuts from farms and ranches across the USA and ship it straight to your door. That's right, all of their beef and chicken is 100% born and raised and harvested in the USA, which means you can get an unbelievable quality of food at an affordable price while supporting hardworking Americans. Take advantage of this limited time offer today. Use code FEARLESS at checkout or visit www.goodranchers.com fearless for your 40 chicken, free, chicken breasts for free. Saving $150 with this deal is a great way to start your year. Stock up on quality beef, chicken, and seafood that makes a difference in your life and others. Go to goodranchers.com fearless to start 2022 on the best note possible, free, delicious meat while supporting a sponsor who supports me, you, and the American way. All right, don't go anywhere. I'm not done yet. All right, welcome back. Uh, all right, let's, let's keep it rolling. I wanted to play a comment from uh, Ryan Clark, one of ESPN's uh, other NFL experts. Uh, Clark was asked about uh, Flores' contention that the NFL operates like a plantation. Take a listen to what Ryan Clark says here. Your reaction to the NFL being compared to a plantation? You know, I always, I always think about what slavery truly was. And I never want to 
you know, compare things to slavery. Uh, so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say it's necessarily a plantation because people will push back against that because these players do get paid. What I will say is this, there is no separation in any of the four major sports between ownership and labor that's further apart than the NFL. I've sat at the table with these owners and listened to how they talk about labor. It is truly labor to them. We don't work with them. We work for them. We are commodities, commodities that that can be replaced, commodities that can be sold, commodities that can be traded. And so when Brian Flores speaks of it in that nature, it's absolutely true. Uh, the other thing is it's a seat at the table is very difficult to get, whether that's a seat at the executive table, whether that's a seat at the table of ownership. And right now we have nobody that looks like me in ownership. And so we continue to have the same cycle of people run through. Josh McDaniels is good enough to fail in Denver, take a job, then not take a job, but then be the guy who's the lead for the Las Vegas Raiders. We've also seen guys like Hugh Jackson, who I actually got an opportunity to interview last week that'll be out tomorrow on The Pivot, talk about the way that he succeeded in Oakland and then wasn't supported there and fired. And then he goes to Cleveland and wasn't supported there in his efforts to make a better team. And there's story after story like this, but now Brian Flores has pulled back the curtain. And in pulling back the curtain, he'll show that there is disparities, that there is differences, that people aren't treated the same, and that the playing field is not leveled. When you look at the number of coaches who are fired and hired, it's always more white coaches than black. And then when you look at the league, you always see more minority and black players than white. It's no different than what he's talking about on plantations. They just get paid a little bit more. So Ryan Clark said, I'm not going to compare this to plantation and slavery because it's not true. But then he gets to the end and says, well, it's just like a plantation, except they get paid a little more. I, I, can, can these guys ever just shut up? They don't know what they don't know. I mean, I understand they're getting paid well by ESPN to say something, but can they ever just take a pass and, and just, you know, just leave it at like, hey man, it's stupid, it's irresponsible, it's dishonest to compare the NFL to a plantation. It's, it's dishonest. It's misinformation. There's no comparison. Everybody knows it. It, it. And it's not, well, it's just like a plantation, except they get paid a little more. Or, Patrick Mahomes has like a half billion dollar contract. These guys are making 10, 15, 20 million dollars a year. They're fighting tooth and nail to get onto an NFL plantation. Were, were, were there people fighting to be slaves? Going through workouts? Going to com combine so they could go pick cotton somewhere? I mean, this is just stupid. Stop it. The NFL, professional sports, nothing that's going on in America right now is equivalent to plantation slavery. Brian Flores doesn't believe it. On CBS, they asked him directly to defend that comment. He couldn't do it. Listen for yourself. In the lawsuit, there's this explosive line that the NFL is managed much like a plantation. That's a, a direct quote. Why did you decide to settle on that metaphor? Uh, can I, just, I think, I, I think uh, look, we, we, didn't hit, we didn't have to file a lawsuit for, for the world to know that there's a problem from a, from a hiring standpoint in regards to minority coaches in the National Football League. The numbers speak for themselves. Right. Uh, we filed the lawsuit. Um, so that we could create some change. Um, and that's important to me. I think we're at a fork in the road right now. 
you know, we're either going to keep it the way it is mm -hmm. or we're going to go in another direction and actually make some real change where um, we're actually changing the hearts and minds of those who make decisions to hire uh, head coaches, um, executives, et cetera. And I'm that's where we got to get to. We got to change hearts Brian, and minds. Brian, I heard someone say, but don't companies or clubs have the right to hire the person they think is the best qualified for the job or the person they feel is right for the Whatever job? Whatever race they are. Whatever race they are, yes. They do. You know, uh, and, and that's 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 very reasonable to me. But at the same time, uh, there are uh, I know a very uh, a lot of very capable coaches, executives, um, minorities, uh, coaches, executives who are minorities, um, and in a lot of cases are um, as qualified, um, more qualified. And quite frankly, better than, than, than their white counterparts. Then, then, not given an opportunity. They're not given an equal opportunity. Exactly. And you know, when we talk about this fork in the road that the NFL has, and Gail, you talked about the statement that they released, denying and saying that they're going to defend what was absent from their response to this 60-page yeah. complaint with serious allegations from a decorated head coach is, how about we'll investigate? We're troubled by this. Yeah. We'll look into it. Immediate, you know, no denial disregard. and disregard and defense. Brian Flores nor his white handlers could defend the analogy to plantation slavery. Brian Flores didn't know what to say and just started babbling. And I hope that's not what happens to him in these interviews when asked a difficult question. I hope he has a better answer than what he just did on CBS. But then his white handlers couldn't even come in because they wrote the garbage. They're just using him. He's the prop for them to say whatever the hell they want to say. They... <laughs> This, how can, and I watched a lot of this stuff yesterday. I haven't seen anybody on ESPN, on any of these other networks, even begin to take the other side of the issue. Although I got to give Gail King credit. Uh, and maybe Oprah told her like, hey, you know, uh, these owners, part of being an owner is you get to hire who you want to hire. And, and there is another side to this story that, like, someone needs to ask Brian Flores, do you think you've been disloyal to Bill Belichick here in any way? Do you think Putting Bill Belichick in the crosshairs is fair to Bill Belichick? Because, again, if he carries on with his lawsuit and there's depositions or whatever, and, and the NFL starts asking for access to Bill Belichick's phone records, text messages, Brian Flores, no one has a problem with any of this. And again, the whole, whatever went on between Brian Flores and Steven Ross and wanting to tank games and the guy offering you $100,000 a game for losing or whatever, a lot, a lot of people call that snitching. And, and we're all good with this kind of snitching, I guess, because it potentially harms a white person. And so that's good snitching. We, we, Brian Flores does not look like a leader of men in any of this. And I know I have some very naive thoughts about football and about sports and how they can be used to bring us all together and promote racial harmony. And all that stuff just sounds really stupid and naive now because everything now is highly politicized. But I just don't, I don't see how Brian Flores can, he's a snitch. He's disloyal to people that helped him along the way. 
all because he and the black general manager of the Miami Dolphins, Chris Greer, couldn't get along? And, and, and I'm just, there are some dots that have to be connected here, things that aren't being said. You know, they, they said at one point during this interview, Nate Burleson said, you know, we reached out to you a week ago, or y'all reached out to us a week ago. So this whole thing's been in the works. And Brian Flores, I think, and this is speculation on my part, I think he thinks the, the Dolphins are eventually going to hire Jim Harbaugh. And I think he thinks that's why he got fired, so they could hire Jim Harbaugh. Now, I know that Stephen Ross has said, hey, I'm not going to take Jim Harbaugh away from our Michigan Wolverines. But Harbaugh seems to be flirting pretty seriously with the Minnesota Vikings. And so if, if, if Stephen Ross says, well, <laughs> Uh, if he was going to go to Minnesota, I'm really not stealing him from Michigan. I'm stealing him from the Minnesota Vikings. I, I think that is what Brian Flores is really upset about, is that he thinks Stephen Ross wants to hire Jim Harbaugh. And so he's trying to damage, destroy Stephen Ross because he thinks Stephen Ross has done something underhanded. And instead of saying, you know what, I got three years, I went 24 and 25, most people think I'm gonna get another shot, I'm going to be patient. This is a scorned lover. This is this female energy that I keep talking about from men. That's what this smells like to me as it relates to Brian Flores. He's a scorned lover, and he's trying to destroy Stephen Ross because he's mad that Stephen Ross sided with him and the new general manager, and that perhaps they feel like their long-term plan here at the end of this hiring cycle is they're gonna end up with Jim Harbaugh. And so he's trying to take Stephen Ross out through snitching. And everybody seems good with this because Stephen Ross, even though he's been an ally and he's spent a bunch of money supporting all these social justice causes, he got to go. I, I don't, there's virtually nothing at this point that I respect about Brian Flores and I'm a little bit surprised uh, because initially, Remember he had the issue with Kenny Steele's, I think, during the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, and he, he ended up somewhat defending Jay-Z or whatever during the whole Kaepernick deal. There, there were early signs of life and manhood from Brian Flores, and that has all seemed to have withered away and gone away uh, since he's been fired. and. Uh, it's pretty reprehensible to me what he's done to Bill Belichick in this scenario. Bill Belichick has him on his coaching staff, develops him up, puts him in a position to become an NFL head coach. And now at the very beginning the, the first, that's the thing, when I looked at the lawsuit, the very first reference basically is Bill Belichick. It's a Bill Belichick text. Sorry I effed this up. I double checked and misread the text. I think they are naming Brian Dabal. I'm sorry about that, BB. This man's putting Belichick stuff out there like this, making him the centerpiece of a lawsuit against the Giants, the NFL, the Broncos, and the Dolphins. Bill Belichick, star witness, centerpiece. His text messages, his phone records, 
perhaps being injected into this deal. And then the next part of this, this is what's really mind-blowing. I think we have a, a visual image to go along with this. Flores, at the first paragraph of the lawsuit, or the next person he quotes is Martin Luther King Jr. Morals cannot be legislated, but behavior can be regulated. The law cannot make an employer love me, but it can keep him from refusing to hire me because of my skin color or because of the color of my skin. Dr. Martin Luther King. And then here's this preliminary statement. As this class action complaint is filed on the first day of Black History Month, we honor the brave leaders that fought so hard to help break down racial barriers of injustice. Martin Luther King Jr., Harriet Tubman, Rosa Parks, Frederick Douglass, Jackie Robinson, and Mamie Teal, to name only a few. Brian Flores has just analogized himself to MLK, Harriet Tubman, Rosa Parks, Frederick Douglass, Jackie Robinson, and Mamie Teal. Brian Flores, coach of the Dolphins for three years, is being a head coach in the NFL. That's the equivalent of the Underground Railroad, freeing slaves. Mamie Teal's 14-year-old son, Emmett, was brutalized and murdered. I don't know if Brian Flores hasn't been brutalized and murdered here. He got fired from a job no different than uh, who was all the um, Adam Gase got fired right before Brian Flores. I think he went 23 and 25. Joe Philbin, I think, got fired after three years, four years with the Dolphins. Tony Sperano, he got fired just the same as three or four white coaches during Stephen Ross's tenure as the owner of the Miami Dolphins. I don't think that makes you Mamie Teal. It, it, instead of referencing Harriet Tubman and Jackie Robinson and Frederick Douglass, why not, represent, why not recognize or compare yourself to Adam Gase, Tony Sperano, Joe Philbin? Those are your peers. Th these, what has happened with Brian Flores, Colin Kaepernick, these guys all turn their individual lives into these great racial stories and narratives that are of such incredible importance to the future of the United States. Are they really that important? Is Colin Kaepernick really that important? Is Brian Flores that important? Is having, I don't know, seven black NFL head coaches in, instead of one right now? We've had, what they say in 2008, maybe there were eight or something like that in 2018. But is the future of black America really riding on the number of black coaches in the NFL? This, these elites, millionaire elites, that believe in this trickle-down social justice, that somehow if Brian Flores and Colin Kaepernick could just be treated better by the NFL, that racial justice that they experience is just going to trickle down to the hood in Liberty City, Florida. The poor little ghetto black boys will be so much better off if Brian Flores was the head coach of the Dolphins still. This is a joke. This is greedy. These are narcissists. 
Brian Flores is a narcissist with racial identity issues and hangups about who his wife is. That, that, they really should get Brian Flores a black wife. That would do more for him than another job. He'd feel better about himself. He ain't comfortable with the decision that he made. I don't have a problem with it. He's got the problem with it. All these guys running around with their little Becky Shabazzes, ashamed of it, and then got to prove, <laughs> just because I got Becky Shabazz don't mean I'm not Malcolm X. Bunch of cowards. We'll take one more break. <clears throat> I want to tell you guys about my friends at Z-Stack. The last two years have taught us anything. It's that you have to take control of your own health. It's clear that you can't simply rely on the government or Big Pharma to protect you or your family. That's where Z-Stack comes in. Z-Stack is a specially formulated immune boosting supplement that includes zinc, vitamin C, and vitamin D. Z-Stack has been scientifically formulated, is kosher, and GMP certified and produced right here in the good old USA. Now more than ever, you have to take control of your health and your family's health. Go to zstacklife.com fearless and enter the promo code fearless to get 5% off your first order. That's zstacklife.com fearless, promo code fearless. I can personally tell you, I've been taking Zstack. Dr. Robert Zelenko has something amazing here. Uh, it's why I've been able to uh, defeat Omicron and get back to work uh, because I've been taking Z-Stack and you need to make Z-Stack a part of your daily routine. Use that promo code FEARLESS, support our sponsors that support us. All right, stick around, don't go anywhere. Uncle Jimmy's gonna join me next. We must exist in a state of man glorious as we are protected by the red, the white, and the blue. But remember, the mind is the key. The fearless soldier pledges to place God first and foremost in his everyday endeavors of life. We, the fearless army, are one nation under God, indivisible with freedom and a belief in the American dream. The men bold enough to join our movement comprise what we like to call the new dream team. We are leaders of our families, our churches, and of this nation. We reject the seeds of division that are planted by corporate media misinformation. We affirm that all men are created equal and are endowed with inalienable rights which are granted by our Heavenly Father. We are bound by honor to accept God's challenge, to take the flag and lead, to cherish, to protect, and to nurture the life of our unborn seed. I am a fearless soldier, so shed no tears for me. I am not a victim. I am the man that God made me to be. Amen. All right, welcome back. Time for my favorite part of the show. The time when you get to see me. Well. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm so glad you say that, man. Go ahead, man. That, that makes me feel good because you a lot of people say that you don't show emotion and they have to look for it. Is that, yeah. You have to really look deep yeah. for it, but yeah. You no know McDonald's today? Man, I really want to apologize, man. People got mad at me about this. Like, that was just the main thing to do. It, but you know what? I got, I'm so proud of myself. I did not have one single bite. Yeah, but you did inhale like I... That is true. <laughs> that, that was... 
That I was, mean, if you had your way, hey, you might as well took a razor. <laughs> <laughs> Did you a couple of lines of a fish sandwich? <laughs> oh, uh, you got any thoughts on Brian Flores, Jim? Before we get into our approval rating on, on, or any thoughts on my thoughts on Brian Flores? I would love to crack a joke. And the joke I would like to crack is, your ass trying to get us fired, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> you, you? Who you think you is, Whoopi Goldberg? Man, you... <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. And look, I know people get upset with me about uh, bringing his wife into it. And, and, but I'm just sorry, it's real, man. There's, I keep saying there's a profile of all these guys and he fits the profile. Everybody got their little Becky Shabazz and, and then wants to prove just how pro-black they are. And, and Jim, you know, you, you know, you met some women I've dated. If you think I'm spending any time trying to prove my blackness because of my dating decisions, my, I, I just need to tell somebody, your parents proved your blackness, man. Go look at your parents. That will tell you exactly how black you are. Or your lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, I just, I've never had any questions about my blackness, ever. And I, never will, and it don't matter who I'm dating. I, I, I think that Malcolm said it best. Malcolm said this is a, ch- a case of chickens coming home to roost. And I got to give you credit, man. You said this a long time ago, early in this show, and anybody that listens to Fearless heard you say this. You said that these athletes, these black athletes, you said there's a little type to them, and this is what you said. You said they hate the tree, but what? Love the fruit. There you go. I hate to, I hate to give you that, but you sure called it. That's what this is right here. This is a classic example. Now, I do need to tell you that you're going to have, you're going to probably end up going to hell for your comment about Tupac and Biggie performing at halftime. <laughs> I, just, I think you might have went, went a little above the I line. I join them in hell. <laughs> uh, now, that, was, that, that, that you might have went a little too far with. And then you, then you said something that made me cringe again. You, you said that the man, you said he showed up with his white handlers. He did. Come on, Jason. You know you can't say that, man. Why can't I? That's who he was on CBS with. It, he, did, he didn't show up with Johnny Cochran and Chris Darden. Corey, is Hattie B's hiring? <laughs> he, that's who he showed up on. Again, to make his case about how racist they are, he brought his two white lawyer handlers to make that argument for him and to tell him, yeah, the NFL is just like a plantation. And, and I'm just telling you, some of these guys, Brian Flores, Ryan Clark, they need a history lesson. Go watch Roots. Just and watch episode one, episode two, and then try to tell me how the NFL is anything like a plantation. That guy, Rocky Blyer from the Pittsburgh Steelers, played fullback with a half a foot. Yes. Okay, so. <laughs> you know, that went over a lot of people's heads. <laughs> they don't know Roots that well, but. <laughs> Rocky Blyer was white. That's some racist shit. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> we can't have nothing. You see? Anyway. Last thing, last thing, yeah. and I want you just to elaborate on this, because this is the one that got me. You said that this whole thing smells like female energy. Yes. Would you dare to expound on that? That's strong, Jay. Seriously. Fe- yes, this dude is too weak to handle this little setback. He had a little setback 
that if he had just stood in the pocket, he was going to be all right. He was going to get another chance. You know, Bill Belichick got fired in Cleveland and had to stand in the pocket, wait for his next opportunity, and he proved everybody wrong. This guy had the same opportunity. He was going to get another job. He's folded and went to Colin Kaepernick. Oh, I'm Harriet Tubman. I'm Frederick Douglass. I'm, I'm, I'm Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, because I don't have an NFL head coaching job. You know what you called this man, Jason? What? You called this man a snitch. He is. He snitched on the owner. You know what we say on the streets about snitches? What do we say that happens to snitches? Get stitches. Guess what? This boy gonna get stitches for snitching on the NFL. The NFL don't play. Come on, man. He gonna find out. <laughs> well, we'll see. I don't. The NFL under Goodell and Troy Vincent will fold here because that's all. They'll cut. They're gonna get bullied into uh, handing out some jobs or coming up with new, a new little set of rules and stipulations or whatever, they're going to get punked because Goodell and Troy Vincent are punks and NFL ownership punks. Uh, that's why they're comfortable being led by punks. Can I differ with you? Can I, can I just differ with Go you ahead, on this yeah. just to say this? Please. Hey, man, Flores is going to learn a lesson. Don't, don't do these people like this, man. Don't play with them. They ain't to be played with. Your ass will never step foot on grass again. Don't play with them. You're going to learn. Hey, man, when Colin Kaepernick pulled his, his, and I'm very serious, when he pulled that stunt that he pulled, nobody thought, come on, man, we thought that Kaepernick would step back on the field again. Kaepernick thought he would be back on the field again. He didn't know that they was going to take a, put, a, put a foot on his neck like that. They didn't. He could have got back on the field easy if he had just accepted a reasonable contract. Kaepernick found out, he, hey man, he, 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 it wasn't what he thought it was going to be. He, he, he had a fight, he got into a fight like, ooh, I didn't know it was that. Yeah, you're right. Boy, you, you ain't going to see the day, you ain't going to see the time of day again, man. Come on, let's go. Uh, <clears throat> job performance, he's out of work, uh, but he is a prop for the left, so I give him a four in job performance. He's a useful idiot, uh, Brian Flores, so I'll give him a four in job performance. I give him a zero, Jason. He ain't got no job. That's understandable. He ain't got no job. <laughs> That's understandable. Uh, character, again, he's a snitch. Uh, he's, he's uncomfortable uh, with who he is, and so he's out. Uh, you know, that gets into authenticity. But anyway, I give him a six in character. I give him a 25. He's a character, just like Colin Kaepernick. He's the new face of racial exploitation of the NFL. Can't argue with that. Authenticity, I don't find him authentic. I give him a two in authenticity. Uh, again, he ain't comfortable with. I think you're missing it. I give him a 25. I give you a 25 for authenticity. How? Because he wants to go down like all of the great ones. He want to go down like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Tupac. You know what all three of them have in common? What? They're martyrs. And you know what else they all have in common? They're no longer employed with us. <laughs> That's the thing that all martyrs have in common. They're, that they're, they're hard to employ. <laughs> all right, it factor. Looks like we got some similarity there. I don't, you know, he ain't got it. He ain't got no job. He ain't got it. I give him a 12 in it factor. I just don't like the way he went about it. I don't like the way he went about it, just like you said, man. I don't like the way he appeared with those two lawyers this morning. I honestly didn't like it. I agree with what you said. I wish that he would have handled it like Muhammad Ali handled it when he had his situation. Remember when Muhammad Ali had his problem? Look what he did, man. He showed up with Bill Russell. Jim Brown, Cash, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Imagine if he had this problem and he showed up with LeBron James, Patrick Mahomes, Colin Kaepernick, Stephen Curry, 
Just imagine if you had that, that show of force around you like that today. Maybe this statement would carry more weight with you trying to take this on as an individual. See, that's the problem with these kids today. Everybody want to be an individual. They don't understand. It's power in numbers. These kids don't know that. Not bad, Jim. Not bad. I'm going to let you have the last word. I'm not going to try to top that. Uh, I hope. Do I hear? So you're going to let me have tomorrow? (laughs) Maybe tomorrow. (laughs) You did some good work today, man, for real. I survived. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) We was back to taking bets on who was going to have to resuscitate you if you passed out. I was like this. Not it! Sign, looking like it's my time, feeling all kinds of free. These words are our religion, our regrets, and our decisions. We all want to go to heaven with freedom. It's my obligation, no hate, discrimination. Raising up your hands for freedom. Raise up your hands for freedom. I just want, I want to be, I just want, I want to be.